The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, and a good Monday one and all. Glad you've tuned in here to the Chris Salcedo Show. It's fair to ask, how much longer do you think Jeff Sessions has as Attorney General of the United States? He has clearly lost the confidence of the President of the United States. We'll get to that coming up throughout the course of the program. In the meantime, here's how you get in touch with me. 888 That's the phone number. Uh, if you want to drop me an email, go to the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. The Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. There's a link on top. And you can also check out all of the articles that we post there on the Facebook page. You know, I somebody jumped on Twitter this weekend and said, Chris, stop driving Twitter to Facebook. And I said, uh, stop being so lazy. I said, first off, I do three radio shows a day. I've never been called lazy. But number two, uh, we update Facebook. It automatically notifies Twitter and actually has a link. So if, if folks are really interested, uh, aside from the 140 characters about what's going on, they can go find the resource material. So that's that's how we did it. Uh, it's, it's so tough to convey a lot of, well, things that need to be conveyed in 140 characters. So if folks want to find out more, they can always have a resource on the Facebook page. That's how we set it up. Anyway, uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. Catching the show live. You can go to theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app, on demand, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And check out the show's presence at theblaze.com in the channel section, The Chris Salcedo Show, at theblaze.com. I was going to start on the flip around, uh, but I have to start here because I actually played this when I, when I received it. Didn't have it for the earlier show. So now that I've got it, I was so impacted by what I heard, I had to go play it for my kids. They're on summer break, so it was kind of easy to do. Sometimes, and I don't know if this is the case with other conservative talk show hosts, sometimes we wonder whether or not we're winning the battle. Sometimes we question whether or not getting up every day, doing what we do, has an impact. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you hear stories that that deflate you. Other times, you hear stories that recommit you. And you go, oh, of course. This is the reason why I fight. This is the reason why I call out progressivism and liberalism and socialism and communism. This is the reason why I, I call out those who push these backward, nonsensical, uh, moronic ideologies. The parents of Charlie Gard took to the microphones today and read a statement. 
uh, I have not been able to get through. I've, I've listened to this twice and I've not been able to get through it out of time without, without tearing up because every parent within the sound of my voice is going to hear this and you're going to put yourself right in their place and you're going to wonder, damn, well, what happens when the all-powerful state takes control over my child's health care? What happen, what's going to happen to my child or my grandchildren or my parents? And that's at the end of the day what this is all about. Um, well, I, I'm going to let the, let's see, how long is this statement? It's about uh, three minutes. And I'm going to play it in its entirety because you deserve to hear it. And you can find it online later today and I encourage you to play it for your kids. And I encourage you to play it for your friends. And I encourage you to sit there and, and tell them, this is why we oppose socialism. Because it's cold. Because it's unfeeling. Because socialism is uncaring. You're just a number. You're just, and you know what? Charlie Gard is going to be allowed to die because socialists inside of the UK didn't want there to exist proof that their system is a failure. That's why he's going to be allowed to die. And his parents are going to tell you in not so many words. This is Charlie Gard's parents today announcing they're giving up their legal fight to save their precious little boy. This is one of the hardest things that we will ever have to say. And we are about to do the hardest thing that we will ever have to do, which is to let our beautiful little Charlie go. Put simply... This is about a sweet, gorgeous, innocent little boy who was born with a rare disease, who had a real, genuine chance at life, and a family who loved him so very dearly, and that's why we fought so hard for him. He had a chance. He had a chance. But those who think like Chuck Toomer, the current Senate Minority Leader, those who think like Nancy Pelosi, those who think like resident Obama over in the UK, they took that chance away because little Charlie guard wasn't the important thing. The all powerful state was. We are truly devastated to say that following the most recent MRI scan of Charlie's muscles as requested in the recent MDT meeting by Dr. Arano, as Charlie's devoted and loving parents, we have decided that it's no longer in Charlie's best interests to pursue treatment and we will let our son go and be with the angels. That one's gotten me every time. The parents have to, to go through this because the state claimed ownership of this child. Oh, you want to go to America and have him treated? We don't think we're going to let you. Oh, you want to, You have an Italian doctor that wanted to treat him? We don't think we're going to let you. Why? Because we're the government and we know best. Whose child is it? In socialist paradises like the UK, most of Europe, Cuba, Venezuela, that baby belongs to the state. And I find 
that way of thinking foreign. I find that way of thinking sick, demented, twisted, perverted. And the, the real nail in the socialist coffin is coming. The American and Italian team were still willing to treat Charlie after seeing both his recent brain MRI and EEG performed last week. But there is one simple reason why treatment cannot now go ahead, and that is time. A whole lot of time has been wasted. We are now in July, and our poor boy has been left to just lie in hospital for months without any treatment whilst lengthy court battles have been fought. Lengthy court battles. This couple was fighting their government. I'm sorry, I, I thought legitimate governments walked by people's side, not rode on their backs. That's what a legitimate government does. Illegitimate governments go to war with their citizens and tell the citizens when their agenda goes against what the state believes is best, meaning the all-powerful decision-making of the state about their child's future. And then the state's going to win. Make no mistake, the cold, heartless, uncaring state of socialism in the UK won this battle. And little Charlie Gard lost. And he paid with his life so that socialists can continue to reign supreme in the UK. Tragically, having had Charlie's medical notes reviewed by independent experts, we now know. Had Charlie been given the treatment sooner, he would have had the potential to be a normal, healthy little boy. Independent. Independent experts. Independent of government. Independent of the government's doctors. See what happens when you have doctors that perform in service to the government and not in service to their patients? You get this crap. Had independent doctors who had only the patient in mind, not the state control of health care, determined that had this little boy been given treatment in a timely fashion, he would have had a better chance at a normal life. But you see, the all-powerful government and the all-powerful state, that's what's most important to the bureaucrats. Keeping the boondoggle going. That's what's most important. Despite his condition in January, Charlie's muscles were in pretty good shape and far from showing irreversible, catastrophic structural brain damage, Dr. Hirano and other experts say his brain scans and EEGs were those of a relatively normal child of his age. We knew that ourselves, because as his parents, we knew our son, which is why we continued fighting. Charlie has been left with his illness to deteriorate devastatingly to the point of no return. This has also never been about parents know best. All we wanted to do was take Charlie from one world-renowned hospital to another world-renowned hospital in the attempt to save his life and to be treated by the world leader in mitochondrial disease. The mitochondrial disease was allowed to progress and deteriorate his little body. The parents didn't make that choice. The state made that choice. So now the state's saying, see, he's going to die. 
See, he's going to die. We made the right decision. Well, actually, months ago, it wasn't the right decision. He had a better chance at life. Oh, but that might have been expensive. Parents had the money. Oh, we, we can't allow you to demonstrate that those that have can get class A health care in a socialist system. And those that have not, don't. They get crap. This is, this should be earth shattering to every American hearing it. Hell, it's for every human being hearing this. This is what happens when you subordinate your decision-making processes to the government. This is what happens. It's free, right? Isn't that right, the UK? Isn't that right, Canada? Isn't that right, Bernie Sanders? Oh, it's so free. Yes, it's free. And they also get to make the life and death calls. Isn't that delightful? We will have to live with the what-ifs which will haunt us for the rest of our lives. Despite the way that our beautiful son has spoken, has been spoken about sometimes as if he is not worthy of a chance at life, our son is an absolute warrior and we could not be proud of him and we will miss him terribly. His body, heart and soul may soon be gone, but his spirit will live on for eternity and he will make a difference to people's lives for years to come. We will make sure of that. We are now going to spend our last precious moments with our son Charlie, who unfortunately won't make his first birthday in just under two weeks time. And we, and we would ask that our privacy is respected at this very difficult time. To Charlie, we say mummy and daddy, we love you so much. We always have and we always will. And we are so sorry that we couldn't save you. Sweet dreams, baby. Sleep, sleep tight, our beautiful little boy. We love you. I'll be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Look, I, um, you know, well, maybe you guys don't know, but when I came up in in radio, you weren't you weren't supposed to get emotional. You weren't supposed to to let uh, where, you know everything on radio was supposed to be upbeat and positive all the time, no matter what was going on. Uh, if it was uh, you're reporting a horrific. Uh, news story you were supposed to just well if you're in music radio never even talked about the horrific stuff if you weren't if you were doing news you just read the news straight monotone one of the luxuries we have in talk radio is we get to we get to give weight i suppose to certain issues i i can think of no other rallying cry to stop the insanity that was started over these last eight years, marching us headlong into what they're doing over there in the UK. It's um, it's amazing to me. Sorry, my my Star Trek communicator is going off. Uh, 
it's it's amazing to me that in the modern age that people would look at something like that and you know just a just another callous examination of dollars and cents and there was there was no reason why Charlie Gard could not have received treatment right away. The parents offered to pay for it. But see, that would have caused a lot of the pro-socialist medicine folks over in the UK to get butt hurt. And by the way, you've heard from our buddy Jack Buckby. Jack Buckby says it's a it's a national pride thing over there. So if the if the medical system is is shown not to work they take it personally over in the uk so you have an entire nation saying your rights don't count to these parents it's the it's the the benefit of the collective and screw the individual which is what you're seeing and america was predicated and the conservative movement is predicated on just the opposite empowering the individual, empowering you to take care of your family. That way the state doesn't have to do it. But where's the control in that? Say the statists. I can't, if, if America, a lot of these left-wing politicians and dare I say some, some of those who are uh, center-right over in the UK especially, it's, it's all part of the game of control. Just who has the better control game? Do you know how much strength it takes to say to the people, I trust you? You know what strength that takes? There's a, a weak-mindedness in my view, an insecurity in my view, among statists whose actions, hell, some of them just come out and say it. I think the American people are too stupid and can't take care of themselves. Uh, they admitted it as a culture over in the UK. The UK says, we are all too stupid. So we're, and now they've got a history of that kind of thinking over there. They subordinated their rights, their liberties to kings and queens. It's part of their genetic makeup, if you will. I, I, I'm exaggerating with genetics, but it's part of their cultural makeup. We rebelled against that kind of thing. Our, uh, our genetic makeup, if you will, of our country. We are rebels against the idea of some divine central power, knowing all, seeing all, and deserving blind allegiance. We're Americans, and Americans don't believe in that crap. We believe in the rugged individual, and individuals being empowered to soar to heights to where their God-given gifts will take them, and the government shouldn't get in their way. The government ought to walk by their side and enable them to do that. That's what separates you and me from this other kind of backward thinking. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, how long do you think? What's the over-under on how long Attorney General Jeff Sessions stays in the Attorney General's office? I mean, now look, we had heard Trump throwing the Attorney General under the bus last week. And let me, let me remind you, this was in an interview in the New York Times. Takes the job, gets into the job, recuses himself, which frankly, I think is very unfair to the president. How do you take a job and then recuse yourself? If he would have recused himself before the job, I would have said, thanks, Jeff, but I can't, you know, I'm not going to take you. It's extremely unfair, and that's a mild word to the president. So then the uh, senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, backing up this criticism of the sitting attorney general, who, by the way, was on this program here last week. You know, I think the president has a point, because the thing is here is that if everybody's going to recuse themselves just for incidental contact, I think you don't get really good governance. I believe that Jeff Sessions' contact with Russians was incidental. Handshakes. In the, in the, in the usual duties of being a Senate, and in being incidental, he should have stayed in the fray, and he should have been support, more supportive of the president. In the New York Post today and other publications, I think Axios has this as well. No, actually, only Axios has this tweet from the president. So you had all that going on last week, and then over the weekend, the president tweets, so why aren't the committees and investigators, and of course our beleaguered AG, <laughs> our beleaguered AG, looking into crooked Hillary's crimes and Russia relations? And you know, we, we in the conservative movement have been saying that for months, if not years. We knew why it wasn't happening under Team Obama because Team Obama was crooked. And if you were a Democrat, there's no such thing as committing a crime. They would all be swept under the rug because you were a Democrat. That's, that was Obama's Justice Department's idea of justice. So, you know, we, we know about Hillary Clinton's, the pay-for-play allegations that are out there. Uh, the Uranium One deal going through, 20% of America's uranium going to, to Russia, and then magically, poof, uh, Bill Clinton getting a speaking engagement for was half a billion, half a million dollars. Uh, 500 grand. I, it was just, and there were other ties that uh, are not springing to top of mind here, but there are a lot of things that were being needed to be investigated. Uh, the Russians hacking uh, our, uh, our former State Department head, Hillary Clinton's illegal server. I mean, it. all of this stuff was brushed under the rug under, under James Comey and the Obama administration. So Donald Trump, the president of the United States, has, has a point that many people believe that Hillary Clinton got away with it. And now that we're standing up for the rule of law once again, that she ought not get away with this kind of stuff. But this, this going after Attorney General Je uh, Jeff Sessions, I think the president is very ticked off that he put this guy in there and he recuses himself, lets Rosenstein go wild. And Rosenstein says, uh, hey, Mueller, just do whatever you want. And that's the scope of his, of his investigation. Do whatever the hell you want. No limiting principle. No enunciating of 
of what the, the special counsel is supposed to be looking into. It's just like, go crazy, go nuts. And uh, no reduction in scope. Look at Russian collusion into our elections. And wh- why uh, they have to look at Donald Trump's finances uh, that are non-tied to Russia is, well, troubling. By the way, speaking of the president, he's stepping up to the podium right now. Let's listen in. Thank you very much, Vice President Pence, Secretary Price, and thank you, everyone, for being here today. For the past 17 years, Obamacare has wreaked havoc on the lives of innocent, hardworking Americans. Behind me today, we have real American families, great families, just spent a lot of time with them, who are suffering because seven years ago, a small group of politicians and special interests in Washington engineered a government takeover of health care. Every pledge that Washington Democrats made to pass that bill turned out to be a lie. It was a big, fat, ugly lie. Democrats promised Americans like Steve Finn, a former police officer in West Virginia, that they would save $2,500 a year under Obamacare. Instead, his premiums have more than tripled. That's pretty bad. As a result of Obamacare's skyrocketing costs, Steve and his family and many of his employees had no other option than going on Medicaid and giving up their existing coverage. That's pretty bad. No choice, right? He's looking behind him, folks, right now. To the crowd. For them, Obamacare's promise was a nightmare. Marjorie and Kevin Weir from South Carolina have a son, Monty, who suffers from spina bifida. Washington Democrats promised families like the Weirs that if they liked their doctor, they could keep their doctor. But now there is only one insurer left in the state exchange. And Marjorie says that every year she waits anxiously to learn if the doctors and hospitals, which her son needs the most, will remain in their network, more Obamacare lies. And you've seen that up front, unfortunately, up front and personal. The Democrats promised Melissa Ackerson that her son's pre-existing conditions would be covered. The Ackersons quickly learned that Obamacare's promise of covering for pre-existing conditions was meaningless, though if the doctors you need to care for you aren't on your Obamacare plan. So you just have a meaningless promise. And everybody knows it, and most people on Obamacare know it. After an excruciating series of events and complications, Melissa and her husband found themselves, just before Christmas, emotionally and financially devastated, crying in a doctor's office faced with yet another seemingly unpayable bill. When insurance wouldn't cover the Atkinson's care, they emptied out Melissa's 401k to pay their bills. They're not going to be, and they haven't been the first. There are many, many cases such as that, the 401ks. The first rule of medicine is do no harm. But Obamacare's lies have caused this and Throughout the whole country, families like this, nothing but pain. Aaron and Andy Witzig are small business owners from Illinois. They have six children. 
Their youngest daughter, Poppy, has a rare genetic condition. Children born with it are sometimes called butterfly children because their skin is as fragile as the wings of a butterfly. Poppy has to wear special bandages all of the time. Unfortunately, under Obamacare, Poppy's insurance has been repeatedly discontinued and replaced with what Washington deems equivalent policies. But for Poppy, these plans are not equivalent, and Poppy's family has to spend precious time and tremendous resources fighting for exceptions for Poppy. The Washington politicians who made those promises to Steve, Marjorie, Melissa, Aaron, and their beautiful children want to ignore all the pain, all the suffering, and all of the money, the tremendous amounts of money that these lies have caused. They want to forget about the countless Americans they've hurt and the many that they are continuing to hurt every day by refusing to help us replace Obamacare. For the last seven years, Republicans have been united in standing up for Obamacare's victims. Remember, repeal and replace, repeal and replace. They kept saying it over and over again. Every Republican running for office promised immediate relief from this disastrous law. We as a party must fulfill that solemn promise to the voters of this country to repeal and replace what they've been saying for the last seven years. But so far, Senate Republicans have not done their job in ending the Obamacare nightmare. They now have a chance, however, to hopefully, hopefully fix what has been so badly broken for such a long time. And that is through replacement of a horrible disaster known as Obamacare. The Senate is very close to the votes it needs to pass a replacement. The problem is we have zero help from the Democrats. They're obstructionists. That's all they are. That's all they're good at is obstruction, making things not work. They say all the right things, and then they do exactly what they're not supposed to be doing. The Democrats aren't giving us one vote, so we need virtually every single vote from the Republicans. Not easy to do. The Senate bill that is being considered outside of the outright repeal of Obamacare will also provide emergency relief for the law's victims, and it will deliver truly great health care and health care reforms that our citizens want, need, and really should be demanding. Some are demanding. You'll see that at the voter booth, believe me. Here are just some of these terrific reforms that we will be doing if everything works out the way it should. The Senate bill eliminates the painful individual mandate. It eliminates the job-killing employer mandate, repeals other burdensome taxes, and will significantly lower Americans' premiums. But it doesn't repeal all the taxes. As a matter of fact, it commits $70 billion more of your dollars into the insurance company bailout trust fund. And the Senate says it's only a temporary plan. What happens if it goes to conference with the House and it becomes permanent? Where is your guarantee that this is going to be a one-time expenditure of $200 billion of your taxpayer dollars? There is no guarantee, and I can tell you this, that's not the way the business works. That's not the way it works. This bill does nothing uh, that the president is pushing for right now, folks, to try to 
push the traitorous insurance companies back to a com competition model. Doesn't do anything to set us on the path to getting them off of American taxpayers' dollars, wean them off that, the crack that is American taxpayers' dollars. Uh, straight repeal is preferable than this Senate monstrosity that basically affirms, affirms Obamacare. If, uh, if the president wants to back something, and that's what we heard earlier, that he wants something. Well, with respect, Mr. President, and with respect to the Republicans, I don't want something. I want the right thing. I believe that's why you were elected. Now, on the whole Democrat issue, he's absolutely right about why we're here. And we tweeted to at real Donald Trump earlier, how can at the Democrats trust Chuck Toomer when he's willing to harm them to preserve Obama's shameful legacy? It's true. Chuck Schumer has said he will do, he'll work with the president if they take getting rid of the cancer of Obamacare off the table. So who's Chuck Schumer looking at for? Is he looking out for the voters? Or is he looking out for President Obama's shameful legacy? I think we all know the answer. I'll be right back, folks. Stick with me. It's the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, I know. Jared Kushner was uh, talking to uh, the Senate today, talks to the House tomorrow. So what? Uh, more smoke. Don't care. Uh, show me some fire. Until you show me some fire, I, I, I don't give a damn. I really don't care. I'm not, I'm not playing anymore, Democrats. I'm not playing anymore, you partisans, you never-Trumpers. I'm not playing. Give me something concrete or shut the hell up. Uh... One of the knocks on Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is that uh, he's a misogynist and he uh, doesn't respect women. And that would come as a shock to all of the women who are part of the Trump administration. Writes the Daily Caller, with the appointment of Sarah Huckabee Sanders as the new White House press secretary, the resignation uh, of Sean Spicer prompting that. And we, we're going to get into Scaramucci, by the way, folks, in the second hour. We got... Got lots to talk about with uh, uh, the guy they're calling the Mooch, Scaramucci. Anywho, uh, with their resignation of Sean Spicer, women now represent the administration at the West Wing, the Pentagon, the Justice Department, and the State Department. Wait a minute. How is a misogynistic uh, administration, uh, 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 allegedly misogynistic administration, represented by so many women? They are the face and the voice of this administration. Interesting, isn't it? John Kirby, who was a, a flack for the Obama administration, tweeted out the following. White House, Pentagon, and state, all now represented by women spokespersons. S-P-O-X is the short for spokespersons. Politics, policy, and content aside, this is noteworthy, says John Kirby. Uh, I think it's noteworthy, too. It's just another, uh, shall we say, 
eroding of this fake press narrative that they have tried to put out about this president. Now, notice we don't carry the water for Mr. O, uh, Mr. Trump when he doesn't deserve it. If he's backing this Senate health care repeal thing, I don't think we can go along with him. But if he, if he backs full repeal and then something that makes a little more sense, or maybe the Rand Paul compromise, maybe we can get behind it. Hour two, flip around, next. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.